Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Now, we're just talking in the previous segment about what conservative environmental policy might look like. A lot of pressure on Pierre Polyev uh, to outline what conservative environmental policy, climate policy is going to look like. Uh, but we heard a case for, you know, a more reasonable and practical and balanced approach, which we're not getting, I don't think, from this government. Uh, and part of that involves a recognition, look, fossil fuels are not going anywhere. We can't pretend otherwise. By the way, the uh, McDonald's Laurier Institute, uh, identifying its policymaker of the year, uh, and Stephen Gilbo was selected, and, and not for uh, you know, a good reason. Uh, they describe him as ruthless, reckless, and damaging. Gilbo has treated the fact that Canada is a democracy, a market economy, and a federation as inconveniences to be overcome. Uh, but yes, Gilboa has become the face of liberal climate environmental policy, and I think a lot of reason to be concerned about their direction. Our next guest is a senior fellow with the McDonald Laurier Institute, also a prominent indigenous business leader, former First Nations elected counselor in BC. A really interesting piece this week uh, on that point about fossil fuels not going anywhere. They benefit this country, and that indigenous communities are finally sharing in those benefits as well. You can find his piece. It's up at mcdonaldlaurier.ca. Chris Sankey joins us on the line here this morning. Chris, so great to have you with us. Welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, as mentioned, the MLI naming uh, Stephen Gabot as policymaker of the year, but kind of for all the wrong reasons. So your thoughts on you know the, the announcements we've seen recently, the electric vehicles, the emissions cap on oil and gas. Does any of this make sense to you? Well, no. Um, look, I, I understand there is a need to reduce emissions, and, and you know we, everybody wants to leave their footprint in a positive note for the next generation. Yeah. But um, the recent announcement of the emissions cap and the electric vehicle has probably got to be some of the most damaging policies I've ever seen come out of Ottawa. Um, I mean, I, I, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make economic sense because for every one EV produced, you're going to use five times the barrels of oil. And in order to drive an EV to become carbon neutral to offset, you've got to drive 120,000 kilometers in order to, for that to make it. And that's every day on the electrical grid. And we just don't have the power. Um, I heard uh, Mr. Gibo make a statement that Quebec and BC are right where we need to be to meet the needs of power supply. No, we are not. Maybe Quebec is, but I know for sure BC is nowhere near. And the reason I know that is because we work in the energy sector and I have a great relationship with the Heisla and they still have not been given a number of the cost to electrify LNGC from mm -hmm. Terrace to Kinemat. And when we were speaking with BC Hydro, which there's been a number of indigenous leaders on this call, just from the Prince George area to Terrace is gonna cost between five and $0.5 billion, not including the uh, roundabout going down to Prince Rupert, all up to, up to the NAS, which is the Nishka territory of the Haida Gwaii and the surrounding communities Sibjian communities around Prince Rupert. 
and not including, of course, from terrace to LNGC. So the the um, comp- competing the competition to get good affordable power is very tight right now. So I don't know how or where we're going to come up with this extra power yeah. uh, to meet the needs of the federal government. And it's just none of it makes sense to me. It it almost feels that um, this is a cater to the eastern provinces of Ontario and Quebec. And, and of course, the western provinces are, are feeling it really badly. And then now the federal government wants to add a third carbon tax in the new year. And we're pushing people into energy poverty. People could barely make ends meet as it is. And these people have a fairly good living, but they just can't make a go of it. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing people walk away from their homes because they can't. I mean, the port is down 50% out here. People have literally walked away from their homes again. <clears throat> we're seeing massive rises in suicide, uh, homelessness, addiction, poverty. It's just, when does it end? I mean, you can't keep taxing people to death thinking that we're going to get out of this. And fossil fuels are not going to go anywhere. And the way we're going to combat this thing, which, by the way, Canada only emits 1.5% total emissions around the world. And so uh, none of the expenditure makes any sense. When I met with uh, the Indian government, uh, back at the back in September during the Global Congress Petroleum Show, <clears throat> um, they had told me that they're just now about to transition to oil and gas, getting away from coal and wood burning, and they won't be carbon neutral until twenty until twenty fifty. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. And so, yeah, and so it's... um. It's it just doesn't make any sense to me. I'm I am concerned about the the impacts of what's happening uh, around around the world and and the impacts of what's happening to what's happening to Canada and it's uh, it's really frustrating. Um, so uh, I I don't know. Like, I mean, we can't keep um, catering to the environmental movement that is doing more damage. To, um, it's doing more damage to our way of life here in Canada, and things are becoming more unaffordable. And they continue to to blame fossil fuels. And I mean, it's it's just it's just common sense that so much uh, of what we're finding out in the energy sector, the oil and gas demand is going to stay relatively the same, if not greater, by 2050. And what is frustrating for us out here in the West is so much of the resources are picked off out here, but we have little to no influence in any of the policy development that goes on in Ottawa. And if they're engaging with Indigenous communities, uh, they're engaging with urban organizations such as in Vancouver or elsewhere, mm-hmm. but where we're situated, <clears throat> we, we have no say. 
And so it's it's impacting us badly. <clears throat> like I said, it's not going to get any better. Um, the carbon tax, the third carbon tax, is definitely going to hurt everybody even more so. And just fossil fuels are just are not going to go anywhere. And I've always said that in order for us to combat and manage the emissions output, it's going to come down to clean tech, clean technology and innovation. And it's happening uh, people fail to recognize that the actual oil industry has been reducing its carbon footprint for over the last decade or more now. And I, I must say that prior to this government, uh, the, the Harper government was actually doing the reduction of lowering emissions. And over the last eight years, our, our emissions output went from 1.2% global emissions and it went as high as 1.6. There's been no new development. There's been no new projects. There's been no new pipelines. So explain how uh, Canada's emissions raised over the last eight years by 0.04%. And, and people, including um, the activists, continue to blame fossil fuels. Well, you could remove all of that. It's still not going to make a bit of difference. When China, Indonesia, and India continue to build coal-fired plants, they're not going to knock on Canada's airspace and ask to be let in. Yeah, It just doesn't make any sense to me. Well, here's the thing, right? And I think, as you say, the the idea that we could just stop using oil and gas, and we heard a lot of that at the COP28 summit, so the idea that we can and that we should, but I mean, it's just, it's not realistic, as you point out, and would be extremely damaging uh, to Canada because that, that demand is going to be there. And I think that, that was kind of the crux of your piece to recognize, look, we need to be realistic. There's this, this demand. We need to be able to, that we're in a position to meet it, and we benefit from that. Hundred percent. I mean, what are we going to do with all of the fossil fuel products that are made every day so that we could live? I mean, you take it. You think about it. Just Canadian Tire alone, let alone Walmart and IKEA and Amazon, the billions and billions of tons of hydrocarbons, fossil fuels that is required to meet that demand. What are we going to do with all of that? What are we going to do with the fuel consumption that continues to burn at high levels, especially when you look at remote communities? <clears throat> like, what are we going to do? You can't electrify everything. And both the B.C. government and the federal government seem to think so. And as we're seeing now, um, B.C.ers and Canadians alike are being hit hard in the pocketbook. And it, it's not getting any better. You could tax us all you want you could tax us to death because literally that's what you're doing and it is not changing a single outcome when it comes to emissions reduction nothing has changed and the way we're going about it it's only going to get worse we can get clean oil and gas to the developing world even to help china we're not doing anything to meet the paris accord not not a thing we will never meet it at the current rate of where we're going with the policy that's coming out of Ottawa. All it's going to do is continue to hurt Canadians. It's going to continue to hurt the climate. And we're not going to do a single thing to change what's happening in the developing world. 
Well, as I mentioned, your latest, it's up at McDonald Laurier.ca. Chris, always appreciate the perspective. Thank you so much for making some time for us here this morning.